We're going to be singing out of the um, red hymnal this morning. Um, page 506 first. We're going to do the uh, four verses. And then we're going to turn to page 5, How Great Is Our God. So if you'd like to stand and sing with us.
Numbers chapter 32 in verse 33. I, I got it now. Numbers 32 and 33. Uh, 23, 32 and 23. I put the wrong one on my outline. Wow, am I off to a great start or what? Yeah, you know, I was, <laughs> I, it's getting me back there, Sharon. <laughs> Numbers 32 and 23. Wow, my fingers were blind when I was typing this up, I guess, <laughs> and I typed the wrong number. When I looked down at the scripture, I'm like, that ain't right. Y'all didn't know I ever made a mistake, did you? M Melissa, don't you say anything back there about me making mistakes. You know, uh, I make one, one a quarter. Every quarter century is what I'm I'm going to get to the scripture now. <laughs> Numbers chapter 32, verse number 23. <laughs> we all there, but now, surely. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord. And be sure your sin will find you out. True to our word is the title for the message today. And I need to set the scene for this verse of scripture so we can better understand what it is saying and to set the scene for it, you actually have to look back at all of chapter 32. In these verses, we find that the children of Israel are preparing to enter into the promised land. Now, as preparations are made, two of the 12 tribes approach Moses and ask for permission to not enter the promised land. They have found land on the other side of the river that is suitable for them that is great for grazing, it's a great place for their livestock, and they want to stay there. They do not want to go over into the promised land with the other ten tribes. As they approach Moses with this request, it seems at first that Moses is going to deny their request. And here's why. He gives them a lesson from the past concerning the spies that were sent to scout out the promised land. You remember the story about the spies going into the promised land? And they came back and all but two gave a bad report about the promised land, about how great the, the giants were, how big they were, how they could not overtake them and they could not defeat the cities. And, and the, the people became discouraged and they began to murmur and they, they were not going to be willing to follow Moses into the promised land. And because of that, God brought judgment upon them. And for 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness. And, and Moses is thinking to himself, if I allow these two tribes to stay on one side of the river while the other ten go across the river into the promised land, those ten may become discouraged because of these two. And so Moses is not prone for them to, to be able to, to do that because he knows what discouragement can lead to because it has already led to it before and caused them all of this wilderness journeying. 
But the leaders of these two tribes come to Moses and they say, listen, you let us get our families settled on this side of the river. Let us get everything in place. And then we, the men of these two tribes, we will join the men of these other ten tribes and we will go with you into the promised land and we will help you to subdue that land and we're not going to leave that land and go back to our family and to our flocks until we have everything settled in the promised land. Upon this assurance, Moses agrees to their request that those two tribes could stay on one side while the other ten tribes went into the promised land. But he did not give them this request easily, and he gave it to them with a stern warning about keeping their word. It was important then about keeping their word. It's important today about us keeping our word also. I want to look at this in three different ways this morning out of this verse of Scripture. Number one is the certainty of the warning that is given in this verse of Scripture. It says, but if you will not do so, if you don't do what you said, I'm taking your word for it. And if you're not true to your word, if you do, do not accompany these ten tribes into the promised land, if you do not help them subdue the land, if you don't fulfill that vow that you have made, be sure, be sure your sin will find you out. He says it is a certain warning that if you don't do so, it's going to be revealed. He is basically saying <clears throat> that not keeping the word is a sin against God. He, he said, but if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. Uh, he, he is not playing games with them. He says, I will agree to this, but you've got to know how serious this is, that if you don't obey and don't follow through, here's the warning that you need to be aware of. So the certainty of the warning, be, be sure. And, and secondly, is the ownership of their failure if they don't do so. He says, but if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. He's saying you're going to take ownership of it. You made a vow. You've made a promise. You've given your word. If you're not true to your word, you're going to own your failure to do so. For these tribes, the sin was not keeping their word. If they don't do what they have promised, they are going to be held accountable just because they've sinned against God. Now, I understand that this verse of Scripture, the, these phrases are dealing with just the, the, the thought of keeping our word. But really, this holds true for any sin when it says that be sure your sin will find you out. Whether it's a lack of keeping your word or another sin, it will eventually come to the light of day. We, we have to own those sins. What, what other sins could we add to that list? Not just the fact that we don't keep our word, but maybe we could add the, the sin of lying. 
the sin of cheating, the sin of stealing, the sin of gossiping, the sin of backbiting, the sin of drugs, the sin of drunkenness, the sin of porn, or just simply being a troublemaker. And you could add to that list on and on and on. The, the key to this verse of Scripture, even though it is dealing with keeping our word, the, the key to this is the fact that if we are sinning against God, be sure it will get out on you. There, there are people who think they can do things under the cover of darkness. They, they, they can go to a different city. But they, can, they can go behind the scenes and they can do so-and-so and, and nobody's ever going to know. It gets out. Somehow or another, it will get out. I, I remember growing up, I, I'm the baby of five, because I'm the baby's reason I'm so good. Amen? How many other babies we have in here? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we got some more babies in here. Yeah, I, I'm baby of five. And uh, there's 12 years between me and my oldest sister, 11 between me and my next sister, and then eight between me and my uh, oldest brother, and six between me and the next brother. Well, those two brothers that were six and eight years older than me, they, they, they were out on the town when I was still at home as a 10-year-old. And could you believe that my brothers would get in trouble? Can, can you imagine a Kirkley getting in trouble? They, they would. And there's one night, I don't even know what they had done, but anyway, the, the police chief, He'd carried them into the police station. He, he didn't keep them, but he, he let them out. And I still don't know what the issue was. Now, this is before texting. This is before cell phones. This is before social media. Somehow, before breakfast that morning, my parents knew what my brothers had done and where they had been. It, it was like somebody was beating a drum in the jungle, sending a message, and mom and dad would say, Yep, that's my two boys. It, it got out on them. H have y'all ever done anything that got out on you? You, you don't want to confess in public? Do I need to set up a confessional booth for you to come to and say, This is what I did? And I thought, sure, nobody would ever know, but. Lo and behold, they found out anyway. Well, that, that's, that's what Moses is saying here. You're, you're going to own your sin. For them, it would be not keeping their word, being true to their word. That holds true for us, but then any other sin you want to add to it, we're, we're not going to be able to hide it. It will find us out. So we find the certainty of the warning. Be sure. There's no doubt. The ownership of the failure, it is your sin. But thirdly, the exposure that will come, and this ties into number two. It says, we'll find you out. As I've already alluded to and, and talked about my brothers and mom and dad finding out about it, uh, there were other things that took place in, in my family. Thankfully, it didn't involve me. Remember, I'm the baby of the family. I was younger than the rest of them. And so I steered clear of a lot of things they got into. 
I've often told people by watching my siblings, I learned what not to do instead of what to do. I learned what not to do so I could stay out of trouble. But as they did what they did, it, it came back. They were exposed. And so they were going to be exposed here as the children of Israel if they did not do what they had promised, if they did not cross over the, the, the uh, river and, and help them to subdue the land, it would be exposed to people around them that that exposure takes place in this life. Uh, we think we can hide everything in this life, but we really can't hide anything, especially nowadays. I, I mean, it doesn't matter where you go and what you do, somebody got a camera. And, and they're snapping pictures or doing videos. How, how many times have you seen in the news over the last few years the, these celebrities that, that they think that nobody will ever catch them and what they're doing and somebody's out there videoing it and it pops up in the news and here it is. And, or, or the school teachers who have been caught with their illicit activities in school that nobody will ever find out about and it comes to light and they're held accountable for it. They, they are exposed Exposure in this life, but in the life to come also. Now, in the life to come, there, there are two possibilities. The life of the believer and the life of the lost person. We know that in the life of the lost person, everything will come to exposure and that they will be condemned to a devil's hell. And we think how awful that is, and it is. But we fail to realize that for believers, we're going to be judged also. We, we will be before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. We won't be at the great white throne judgment where the lost will appear. But we will be before the judgment seat of Christ where we're going to be judged on what we have done from the moment of salvation. Because at the moment of salvation, all of the past sins are forgiven and forgotten and wiped away goes into what they call the sea of forgetfulness to never be brought back up again. At a moment of salvation, all of our past is forgiven. So from the moment of salvation then forward is what we give an account for. Well, we are now believers. We, we don't have to worry about it because we're going to be such good people. I could probably sell you some oceanfront property in Arizona if you believe that we are not such good people I wish from the moment of salvation to now I had not committed any more sins I wish from last Sunday to this Sunday I had not committed any more sins I'm, I'm pretty sure I probably committed one or two already this morning we, we have to understand that even as believers in the life to come, we're going to have to answer for what we have done from the moment of salvation. Now, I believe this. The Bible says that he is faithful and forgive us if we confess our sins to him. So I believe that once we have confessed a sin to him as a believer, that sin also is wiped away and done away with. 
So the sin that we're going to give an account for when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ will be those sins we have not confessed, those sins we have not asked for forgiveness for, those sins we have continued to dwell in, those sins that we call our pet sins, those sins that we just can't get away from, that's what we will give an account for. And it could be the failure to be true to our word. It could be one of these others that I've mentioned. It could be whatever. But the bottom line is, we, th these sins we commit, they will be exposed in this life, but also in the life to come. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. It will be revealed. Have you thought about the current world that we live in? That many today, they don't worry about being true to their word. And, and how do we know that is the case? Well, it becomes very evident if you decide that you're going to buy a new car, a new house, a new boat, anything high dollar, you decide you're going to buy it, and you go to the dealership, and you make a deal for it, and you're going to finance it, do you just shake hands on the deal and promise to pay that back? Or do you sign about 15 different documents? That basically says, you don't pay for it, we're going to come get it and you. you. You don't buy anything major anymore without signing your life away, as we say. There was a time when people borrowed money and made deals on a handshake and verbal agreements. You'd be hard-pressed to even do that with a friend now. And why is it that we now have to sign so many papers and make so many promises? Because through the years, people who shook hands and made promises failed to live up to them. And so those on the other side of the desk said, we want some recourse for being able to reclaim our property, get our money, and if needed, send them to jail for being deceitful. It all boiled down to the fact that people quit being true to their word. We have all of these contracts. M may we not be one of those that's not true to our word? May we be known for our honesty and for keeping our word, being true to our word. Number one, we, we need to be sure that we are true to our word with God. Do you know that the Bible says it's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and not keep it? Don't promise God something and then renege on it. How many people have said, God, you get me out of this scrape, and I'll be in church. God, you, you get me out of this financial bind, and, and I'll start tithing. God, you, you, you just help me through this issue, and, and I'm going to be the best little Christian that you've ever seen. 
Soldiers often in, in warfare will make promises to God. You, you keep me safe and take me back home and, and I will live for you. They, they make promises to God. And they keep those promises for a little while until the calamity has passed. Kind of like the little boy that was up on the top of the barn on the tin. And it was slick and he started sliding down and he was praying, Oh God, save me, God, save me. And by the time his breeches gets hung on a nail and he says, God, don't worry about it. I'm okay. I don't need your help. God put that nail there to catch him. But so often we, we think that, okay, once we have gotten through this, we don't need God. He got us home safely. We, we're okay financially. Uh, our, our health has improved. And so that vow that I made to God, it, it's not really important. It's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and break it. So we need to keep our word to God. We need to keep our word to others. When we promise somebody something, what should we do? What we promised. We, we should be sure that we keep our word to other people. Now, I know that there are times for all of us that we fail to keep our word because we forget. Can, can you just be honest? Have you ever told somebody you're going to do something and two weeks later it, it pops in your mind and it's like, I forgot to do so. That's the reason that this, this little phone up here is full of calendar dates and reminders that pop up and says, hey, you, don't forget. But have you ever read that reminder said, don't forget, and then five hours later you have forgotten? Because the reminder came at a time that was not convenient for you to remember. So that reminder that reminded you needs to remind you again. So, so sometimes we, we fail to do what we say we're going to do just because we forget it, but then there are times we fail to do what we say we're going to do because we never intended to anyway. We're just trying to make things better with somebody. We, we're just trying to bring peace to somebody. And we have no intentions of doing so. So we, we need to be known for keeping our word to God, to others, and to ourselves. Have you ever promised yourself something? Have you ever promised yourself that you're going to begin saving money for the future? You ever promised yourself that you're going to change your eating habits? Have you ever promised yourself that you're going to kick this habit, whatever it is, that consumes you? Have you ever promised yourself that you're, you're going to do better? It's kind of like New Year's. January the 1st, people make all kinds of promises of themselves. I'm going to go to the gym three days a week, every week for the next year. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm, I'm going to lay off the sugars. I'm going to lay off the starches. I'm going to lay off this. I'm going to lay off of that. And, and I'm going to be the cleanest eating person you've ever met. And by the end of January, they're not in the gym anymore. And their diet has gone back to what it was. Even though they promised themselves, they didn't promise anybody else. They, they promised themselves. Or we promise ourselves we're going to start reading the Bible daily. We promise ourselves we're going to start tithing. We promise ourselves that we're going to, to be a better husband, a better father, a better child. We, we, we make promises ourselves about how we're going to live and what we're going to do. 
we should keep those promises that we make to ourselves. We're responsible to God for the promises we make to Him. We're responsible to others for the promises we make to them. We're responsible for the promises we make to ourselves. It's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and not keep it. And so many things that we promise ourselves that we are going to do that we don't do, we do for a little while, and then we quit doing it, and then we promise ourselves we're going to do it again, and we do it for a little while, and then we quit doing it. And, and we become like a yo-yo, up and down, back and forth, and we become really discouraged and really distraught, and it's like, oh, if only we'd have kept that promise to ourselves from the beginning. It would have been so so much better. But if you will not do so, if you will not do what you said you were going to do, if you are not true to your word, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin, not somebody else's, but your sin will find you out. It will be revealed. May we be true to our word, to God, to others, and to ourselves. Would you stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed for the next couple of moments, please? Maybe something that I, I said this morning touched a, a nerve with you. Maybe, maybe there's something you need to make right with God with somebody else, with yourself. Maybe you want to just gather here at the altar and pray and say, God, help me in this area. Help me to be a person of my word and to do what I say I'm going to do to God, to others, and to myself. Father, in the stillness of this moment, speak to hearts. And if there are needs that need to be met concerning this, just lead them to make their way to the altar. Help. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, is God speaking to anyone about anything that you need to come and pray about? Lord Jesus, Help me to be true to my word. As a husband, as a father, as a preacher, as a pastor, as a friend. Help me to be true to what I say so that I can bring honor and glory to you. And others can see you living in me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, let me give.